0: Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Well, it's been a while since Jacko and I just uh, stole the limelight to ourselves and decided to dedicate a whole podcast to the stuff that goes on in our head. So that's what we did today. And the question we are discussing
1: is fit for what? Yeah, exactly. Fit for what? What are we, what is it, what is it all about? Why are we doing what we're doing? We're asking ourselves that question and encouraging you to ask that question as well, um, we go in all sorts of different directions, but all of them pretty deep, to be fair. So hopefully, there's plenty of context for you in this, and to help uh, help formulate some of the own uh, your own discovery and exploration of like what that fit for what might be for you. So rather than just answering that really short and quickly, like it's not necessarily the what's the first thing that comes into your head. It's like yeah, have a bit of a muse of it, have a bit of a think about it, and uh, we would love to hear what you are fit or trying to get fit for yeah and if you're
0: not interested in finding out about bandana gang just use that little <laughs> button on your uh, on your phone which should you actually skip forward by 30 seconds if you press that till you get to about five and a half minutes that's when the good stuff starts
1: um, <laughs> no, we, no, we, got, we got
0: bogged down in some early early ramble and i'm not quite sure we we, we struggled to get out if we're honest t- we, we got bogged tim, down. Was ta-
1: tim was taking the mick out of me if you want to listen to that it's <laughs> That's that's probably the gold in the in the podcast. That's like yeah, probably band. the most
0: valuable thing I said. I <laughs> right, we're not going to keep this one any longer. Let's stop rambling, Jacko. Um, yeah. I think it is now time to get started with this week's podcast.
1: Roll that jingle. So, Tim, before we delve into the, or to use previous phrase pandora's box i think it could potentially be of answering this question or just offering this question up of fit for what um we have no guess it's just me and thee let's uh, just have a just a semi little bit of a, a catch-up i feel like i need a catch-up with the listeners as well as yourself what's uh but how's how's corona life well, as much yeah. as
0: it's nice to have guests on it's also nice when they're not stealing the limelight and we get to chat <laughs> a little bit. Just for the people catch up for the listeners is what I can see. We're on Zoom, so I can see Jacko. And it's like looking at a combination between Andre Agassi and Richard Gere. Because yes. he's got his yes. blue bandana on with a slightly gentlemanly
1: styled haircut. It's quite a baby blue sort of look today. Mm. There's, um, I was thinking more Roger Federer. I think Agassi Mm-mm. didn't Agassi wear it like as a full like pirate one? Uh, Did he have it I, fully I, I th- over the top? Yeah,
0: well, I think he had a number of and different versions,
1: checks. didn't he? The the
0: long hair version plus the bald head version. Um, you aren't refined Look, enough to compare yourself to Roger Federer. I'm sorry.
1: Band, bandana gang, we are we're here. We are we are waiting, Tim. Who is it? We're, we're welcoming of all people. You just need to you just need to get yourself a little bit of cloth. What's great is and and, and we laugh, but on a serious note. No one, I'm, no one's laughing at me when everyone else has forgot their uh, face mask for going in the shop, and uh, I drop it down. It's multi, it's multi-use, and it drops down as a as a face as a face mask. I mean, you do look like um, a cowboy. No, what, would that be right, cowboy? Uh, yeah, like, Billy the Kid, yeah, like something a, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it looks like something like that. So I thought you were It'll just be a be aud- auditioning
0: here. it early for this year's nativity. <laughs> as what shepherd? <laughs> you just don't put your tea towel on yet <laughs> <laughs> to to cover
1: the whole like. <laughs> oh, like kids nativity scene. Exactly. Well, it could work. It could work. Yeah, you could dry hands on it. Who else is in yeah. bandana gang? Just Multifast. out of interest. Um, well, Alex from Kickback Coffee this morning, I spoke to on the phone, and he actually has got it's. It's probably technically a snood that he doubles up as um, a face mask, but then also has the ability to lay it high and uh, up above in the bandanaed area. Um, there is a few people that are in it that don't know they're in it. Mm. Um, you know, famous people. Uh, like Roger Federer, et cetera. Um and uh, we're working I'm working, I'm working right. There's a few actually, there's a couple of people joined my uh, did a live workout on YouTube the other week and um there's a couple of people uh, joined that with and, and sent some photos of them with ever. surprisingly, or oh, I was actually very surprised, it's just a bit of a joke, but I was actually surprised that other people do own a bandana. This is going on a little bit too long. I also um genuinely trying to control my hair. I think it's
0: interesting that those famous people that you refer to, because they're kind of like, have a certain demeanor about them, and you take this as you will. I've yeah. never heard of somebody trying to start bandana gang when they can actually pull <laughs> off a bandana without
1: having I to know. start a gang. It's like why? for some form of social acceptance. <laughs> why? Why is it okay? Why is it okay and completely normal for like you don't look at Roger Federer and go, "Oh, it looks a bit weird because he's got bandana on." He just looks. Well, he's playing tennis. You're you're recording a podcast.
0: There's a slight difference. <laughs> you can see a functional reason for that. I go well. Actually, you don't want sweat in your eye because someone's hitting a ball at you at high speed. That 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 strikes me as a as a good reason for a bandana. Yes, and he, that's why it helps in training. Yeah, he probably. I don't know whether he wears it as a fashion accessory. Yeah, I'm I'm exploring mm. exploring. Well, that was that's five minutes. <laughs> um a catch up. On other things, I don't know, coronavirus life, bored, over it. I know that shouldn't probably surprise a lot of people because most people are over it, but it is becoming... Like in the UK, for for our international listeners, the summer was okay. Like we could get outdoors. Now, if you've not spent a UK summer or a summer in the UK, it's not the best time of year. And that multiplied by not being able to go out and see people means that we are in for a dark and de- potentially depressing 5 months of the year. So my outlook rather than bringing cheer to that answer is uh yeah, not not that exciting. is how I currently feel it's, about coronavirus. It's not
1: current it's not going away at the moment is it is. It's so, not going
0: anywhere yeah. quick anywhere quick. So we're going to have to try and find some joy within the next few months. Um training-wise is yeah, up and down, hit and miss, on and off, not putting myself under too much pressure, doing what I feel like I want to do, which is probably a good context for today's discussion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll get fired into some of that. Do you want to give um, anything else
0: up to date apart from you? We've obviously we've talked in depth about bandanas as uh, well We went in- a bit
1: too far. yeah, um, no, just uh the the to bring some joy one of the things that um has definitely brought joy to our training has been some more of the strength and play style. Um, training exercises workouts that um, I know you've been enjoying that have worked really well at home but just to remind uh, listeners that that's that is a new uh, offering inside the virtual classroom alongside we've just recently launched um, it's probably a week ago or two weeks ago and um, the nutrition for health and performance so the nutrition course with um, our newest member of the team Michelle uh, who is registered dietitian nutritionist so there is a whole host of educational content in there to help you understand how to improve our well with a focus on improving our health first and that will therefore improve uh, our performance our recovery ultimately like with everything our happiness like if we're we're training well we're recovering well we're healthy um, we can be happy and that is ultimately our aim Uh, that's available um for v as part of a vip membership or you can buy it as a one-off and if the launch offer is still going rather than 150 quid it is a one-off payment of 100 pounds Yeah, there's a nice little dovetail on those actually. The strength and play and
0: conditioning workouts that we've written are designed for sort of some more metabolic type work. So if you are looking to change body composition, having that type of work, which you can do at home with minimal amounts of equipment and the feedback on some of those workouts has been really positive in that um, a number of people in the virtual classroom trying them and then finding them to be super, super impactful in that 10, 15 minute kind of workout to get through a high amount of work and um, yeah, effectively get your heart rate going. Combined with understanding more about your nutrition, there's your two mm. kind of uh, your two kind of kingpins in any sort of change in body composition that you want to make in terms of reducing fat mass potentially. So just yeah. to kind of tie it all together for you, body weight training, nutrition, high intensity work, bish bash bosh.
1: Yeah, there's a whole module on body composition. So go okay. fill your boots and check it out. But after you've listened obviously to the podcast, if you're still with us and you didn't fall away with the bandana chair whatever before, then we're opening up this question of fit for asking the question fit for what. Um, And almost there, as we were discussing, you know, um, mentioned like happiness and actually think, and you were talking about doing things in your training that make you, that you, that make you happy, that you, that you enjoy. um, And I guess just kicking things off, possibly down that route initially, but just to say that we are not we're wanting to just open up this question and ask ourselves the question and encourage you to ask yourself the question of why, like, why am I doing, what am I doing? What am I trying to be fit for rather than us telling you what you should be fit for? Um, yeah. I think all, all styles and expressions of movement
0: are of value. Um, and it's not, we're not, one thing I was, definitely don't want to get down the route of is if you find enjoyment out of something for, for you to feel like we're then that's not a valuable pursuit or something which you should be investing time in because it's not like that at all but i think that it's yeah. just what we're encouraging what we want to encourage people to because it's a process that we've been through and something personally i've questioned myself on a lot over the last sort of four years particularly of understanding what am i trading for why do i do what i do and what what kind of what am i expecting from it i think um, and, and the context around this is, is your, is your why of your training will change a lot depending on what sort of life stage you're in. So for me and Jacko, when we're both playing rugby, the why was about playing well. And for me, cause I'm not a big person of basically not getting absolutely filled in on a Saturday. So I therefore needed to be fast enough. And also have whatever extra kilos of muscle mass I could gain, um, which meant that I could either avoid people or if I did get hit by somebody, at least have something to, to so it with.
1: some it with. I of wasn't very successful at that a few times. That's where all the injuries come from.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So I, my, I, I basically built my things around like um, being fast enough to get out of the way and um, sort of only tackling when I had to. Um, <laughs> so, But the other thing was, and then like, so that then comes out of rugby. And then uh, like when I trained a lot of the guys at university, then they, they were sort of, their focus really was sometimes about rugby, but then also going out on Wednesday night and what they look like, either with the shirt on or most likely off um, and what they were going to look like when they went on holiday. and And these sort of like, like chapters of your life will probably determine what you're investing time in from a training perspective and why you're doing what you're doing but when you come out of that i think that for, for me personally there comes a point where i'm going to hit 40 next month which we're going to avoid because it's going to be the worst birthday ever based on coronavirus is that i'm starting to question why am i doing what i'm doing more because i'm entering that stage where i'm thinking about well what's really important to me and it's not the
1: things that it used to be yeah no definitely i think that i think everyone there will, has been on, wherever you're at on that sort of journey and progression of like or evolution of your own sort of training, your own movement, whether you're a bit like us and you used to do sports when you were younger and then that stops or life circumstances change. You have a family, your job changes or whatever it would be that they, we go through a series of things where, you know, effectively your priorities change. Like your priorities in your life change, let alone in your training. And when your priorities in your life change, then I guess ultimately it has that knock-on effect that it will have an effect on your training. Um, if I think back to yeah, I remember play, like playing rugby and before being married, like my number one priority, like day to day in my life, really was just like training and being ready for a for a game of the weekend. Um, whereas and that's probably these that like when you and that's being a lot younger as well and your perspective on life is a little bit different and I just but I don't think that necessarily that is the the healthiest way to to think it reminds me of the podcast that Johnny Wilkinson did on the was it the high performance podcast and he was you know one of the greatest players of the of his generation if not the greatest and he was talking about that sort of um I guess having that like completely immersed in when you're doing it, but having that perspective that when you're not training, can you, can you like sort of be able to focus on other things because you, you have a series of other priorities that are more important. Like there must be, there should be, I believe things that are more important to us as humans and as, as friends and as family, as you know, you as a person that is more than you training.
0: Um, I think it, it, it largely comes down to just the, the space and the environment and that you're in. So when I first mm. properly got into weight training, I was in Australia and I was working as a scuba diving instructor. Um, and that requires you to have your shirt off a reasonable amount. So the majority of the training that I did was chest. And I was early, <laughs> it was early into training. So I wasn't a strength and conditioning coach at that time. Like I, just, I, was, I was lifting with a guy who I, who I knew well from America. He'd grown up in the American sports system, was a very good lacrosse player. Um, and he kind of took me under his wing and we just did a lot of bench. Um, <laughs> How many times a week were you doing bench? Oh, like, I don't, I wouldn't like to say. Yeah, I I'm just Well, I'm, i I think we probably trained chest at least twice a week, but it wasn't yeah. offset with a lot of, so we, we were probably training five days a week, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if like, I mean, chest and shoulders would have, and triceps would have been a popular feature of the training program <laughs> most of the time, <laughs> and we might have dropped some back in. And like, I used to have to, I honestly used to say to Nick, like, we have to do, we got, mate, we got to do legs, and he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do legs. So, then, like, <laughs> anyway, different rabbit hole. Um, but the context of that was like, it wasn't train, I wasn't training because I was, I was paranoid about how it looks, but it was just like that was an added benefit of like you were just you were you were sort of, I was in a space where I didn't have clothes on a lot of the time or many clothes anyway. Um, so I, and I think it's just that the the priority at that stage versus when you've got to a point where you are thinking about other things that you want to be able to do. And I I do like this idea in training more and more these days of being a generalist rather than a specialist. So even if you have done bodybuilding for a period of time, or you've been into physique type training, aesthetic based, um, exercises or or for, for that kind of direction, what I find really interesting when I've seen people who do that, who then go and challenge themselves in a different environment is say, even if they go from bodybuilding to CrossFit or into calisthenics or into yoga, or even into things like speed agility, quickness type drills, if they're, if they are generally, um, well, the, the, you get that kind of epiphany moment where you're like, why can I not do that? Because you can feel like you're a good athlete or you're, you've got a high level of competency in a bodybuilding type environment. I'm going to use that as an example because it's not all, all the time, but often you'll find bodybuilders don't move brilliantly because of what's just the type of movements you need to do to build muscle mass. Like it gets you tight. You get very good at creating tension. Yeah. Um, and then when they put yourself in that, in that different environment, all of a sudden there's that moment you're going, I can't do that. Why can't I do that? And that's really powerful, I think, because it's a movement in your mind towards prioritizing, whether you know it or not, athleticism and being actually my human body should probably be a bit more diverse and adaptable. And I should yeah. be able to move into different things. And if you'd never done hurdles or SAQ drills or run through like different cone drills and stuff, then okay, you're going to look like a little bit like a fish out of water when you first start doing it. But it goes back to how we move as as kids and how we would encourage a long-term athletic development model is we want to expose young people to lots of different things to build up this movement library so that they can then go into any sport. When we take sport out of it and, and, training or gym training becomes the sport in that sense or the main endeavor we then start to go down quite specific routes of bodybuilding powerlifting whatever it might be whatever form of strength training like floats your boat and and now we've got crossfit and functional fitness and these sorts of things that are coming in but even those things i mean crossfit will say they they create they're the fittest humans on on the planet well you are in the context of crossfit but you'll still get your ass handed to you if you go out on a on a um, triathlon with a, with, a, with a, one of the fittest triathletes in the world, so it's always contextual around yeah. around that. But one thing I, I will I do like for 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 what CrossFit has done is that focus a little bit more on generalism as opposed to a specialism. Be good at a number of different things, but then what comes with that? And I'll take and moving away from CrossFit into that and go: Are CrossFitters really good movers? And are they really robust? And are they injury free and pain free? And then you start asking, you add another layer on. So we've gone from specialism to generalism to what I would consider to be healthy levels of performance mm. and training for life. And life is worse when you're in pain. So how, yeah. how do you kind of go through this hierarchy of elevating up? And if you get through that and you go, do you know, I just love CrossFit or I love bodybuilding. But I've now got to the point of awareness where I realise that I need to move well. So I'm going to add some yoga in or some other kind of movement option Mm. or i really love crossfit but i know that the wear and tear my joints is brutal so i'm going to invest more time in corrective type strategies and i'm going to look after myself a little bit better i'm going to scale the intensity so that i'm not absolutely harrying myself all the time and then wondering why i'm in pain pain's a bad thing not being able to move is a bad thing where i think the value of understanding fit for what is taking it away from the specific label that we want to put on the type of training that we do and going what's the bigger picture here? Well, the bigger picture is being more human and being more human Mm. means enjoyment of life. And let's think about how that might impact the decisions we make around our
1: training. Sorry, that was long and winded. No, no, it's good. I think the thing that I'm, that was, I'm hearing like from that is going, it's easy. This is a easy conversation for us to have back and forth because we share a very similar view. And we've been on that like journey from a, Not that we knew each other when we played rugby, but we've gone through a sporting thing, and then calisthenics, and then I say probably got quite specific with the calisthenics, and then now being a little bit more like calisthenics makes bodyweight training makes up the basis of our stuff, but it's it's broadened, it's probably broadened out to be a little bit more as used that term sort of generalist. But I'm hearing like a fit for what it's like for being healthy and, and happy. It's almost like what you're describing, whether that's because being pain-free fits into that. Being able to do lots of different things fits into that.
0: And but, Jack, when you to, add yeah, to yeah. that, because you're talking about like, I, th- I think we've had a conversation about this recently of like, you've nailed down a large percentage of the calisthenics movements. But when you first started calisthenics, you looked at, you can do pretty much the things that you set out to want to be able to do. And, mm. and the beauty of calisthenics is that there's always more you could do. But I, from what I've seen from from your training and what I'm feeling in my own is that, like you go through these phases of, and there's probably some really good psychological terminology around it, that I don't don't know. But you're going through that phase of exploration to calisthenics and you're coming out the other side of it, and then you're going, well, what's next? Because you kind of tick those goals off. That's quite a big thing for for you and, and you've talked a lot about this. But how do you feel like that that's changed where you are being you're all in on calisthenics? have achieved Mm -hmm. those things and that's now changed your perspective and what does your training philosophy look like in terms of using that that you learn but then also then finding a more restful place probably in terms of how you approach training and and what I see is probably a much more um, peaceful training space for you.
1: Yeah. Um, The the sort of things I'm I'm thinking about is like uh, what I've I guess for me something that like I'll just I think that that like that healthy and happy thing come there's there's two elements to that in terms of it's it's both physical and mental and so like we need to address both those two things like i know for me and this is something i've i've learned and we go through these things all the time the biggest thing that um, when i had to retire from rugby taught me was that i wasn't actually as motivated to train just intrinsically than i thought i was i thought i was just super motivated but actually i i needed a carrot i needed something a game at the weekend um, and probably the fear of not doing very well or the opposite of that like really wanting to play well was like my reason to train really hard whereas I thought I was just a really motivated guy because I would always see that and feel that motivation whereas having something in calisthenics to aspire for um gave me newfound motivation and you know focus from a training that I'd lost when I was going through that transition um, and I think that that's quite an important part for it for me I still always need or feel like I need I'm aware that I need something aspirational to to work towards that, I, that motivates me to work hard and be consistent with some training but at the same time it's it's been balanced for me now of everything that calisthenics has been amazing for teaching me stuff about my body and particularly like what you said teaching me going why can't i do that like you see something you think you well, I should be able to actually better and you try it and you can't it's telling you stuff about your body either strength wise stability wise movement capacity or capability wise like as in range of motion mobility and i'm in a place now where i want to it's still the same thing as before and explore what my body can do. Um, But it's in a, it's, I'm aware of the sort of just trying to do harder stuff all the time in terms of strength um, is potentially not serving. Well, no, not just strength to be fair, but it's not potentially serving my body in terms of the longevity that I want. Because one of the things for me fit for what partly it's like fit for anti aging, or fit for protection because it's fit for the future. I want to like future proof myself so that I can carry on doing, um carry on exploring my body. And I want to be able to use my body to like get out in the world and explore the world. I don't want to be, um I don't want to be stagnant. Like physically, I don't want to be, you know, injured or unable to like move so that I can't enjoy life. I don't, you know, that's what that's, that's, like the biggest overarching thing for me. So being able to explore that, but so for example, if I'm just trying to do something hard, like you can do a muscle up now, let's like do weighted muscle ups, like that's just going to be harder from and put more strain on than do I actually need that? Is that going to serve my body more going forwards? Um, say I wanted to do like, would I like to be able to do the splits for example, you know, it, is that actually serving my hips for what they need? Do I need to be able to do the splits? Um, but then there's that, like, as I was saying, that balance of I need some stuff that's, that's re, that is that's redefining my impossible. Otherwise it just gets stagnant for me. I can't just do, like, just, like, you know, I just think if you just stay just doing, like, I'm thinking of, like, easy stuff or whatever that, like, term is. But do you know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? I'm just – there's that balance of, like, striving – but knowing that like what is serving my body for what I want to be able to do moving forward in the future. Yeah, um, I think there's an interesting
0: mindset around that because some some of practices that I, I observe that often get held up as being um like really kind of like iconic, let's say, within fitness and, and within the fitness industry. As if people are really pushing the boundaries and trying to excel in a certain thing or to excel at fitness or whatever it might be. And I think the question that I would ask is how elite do you need to be? Like, why do we sort of feel the need to go and push down to be, you get into calisthenics, you want to be like, go and try and push in to be the best you can be in calisthenics. Or people get into running and they want to go and beat everybody in in 5Ks, 10Ks, marathons, whatever it might be. Because that approach takes you down one route of you've now got an opportunity cost involved, because if you want to go and get really, really good at one thing. You have to sacrifice a lot of other things. So, can you find peace in not being elite at anything? Like, I am not an elite 5K runner. If we went out for a run, Jacker would spank me because he's better at the. He's, he's done a lot more of that 5K training um, around the park run stuff. Like, I can't run a 90 minute 5K, but I I don't need to because I'm I'm just not investing time in it. My lifestyle, my family situation dictates that those that the amount of training time that I have means i'm not going to invest a huge amount in it but i can quite comfortably go out for a 5k run I did one yesterday i might go to, to the run in the woods later on this week i can go and do it now in a set of vivos not my barefoot running shoes which i really like that i can do that i can do it nasal breathing but i don't need to be kind of pushing hard in that area and i've got to the same place with my calisthenics it's like I've, i'm quite comfortable and some people are, gosh never be comfortable you could be pushing all the time pushing to improve i'm like well i don't know like i've got a couple of pockets of things that i play around with that and and I can't just mess about with some handstand stuff. But I've I've lost that need to feel like I've got to be the best. And I'm actually just getting more enjoyment in like I went out on my mountain bike with with a friend on on Monday and he's on way more mountain biking than me. And he's he was flipping way off in front. Like, because I'm I'm not amazing on my mountain bike. But I got a massive amount of enjoyment of just being out on my bike. I didn't come back going, I've got to get better, I've got to practice more. Yeah. Cause if I now go out and practice more, what what's the cost? Well, are they gonna cost of the other, you know, you that four burners um like modeling your life where you've got yeah. um career, um, health, re, uh, relationships, and um family. Like if I want to go and turn up something to get really good at it in my let's call it under the health and training burner, I've then got to turn down something else. So I want to get good at mountain biking. Well, I can't take Karin and Jack mountain biking on the trails that I rode on Monday. So they have to stay behind. So that's not an investment in that area of my life. And I'm just—I I guess what I'm, the point I'm getting to is questioning, and, and just encouraging you to ask the question to yourself: of why do you do what you do, and do you need to be elite at it? How much time do you want to give to it? Because that's always going to steal from other things. And, and to your point, Jackie, like I'm just—I enjoy the idea that I can jump on a bar and do a muscle up. Okay, I've got to that point in my calisthenics where that's pretty much squared away. Or I can do a human flag. It's—it's it's fun. But a lot of my training these days, as you said before, is around strength and play. It's just kind of I look at a session and go, I'm just going to do a bit of this today because I'm not training specifically for um, a particular movement goal. Or there's times when I might go into a hypertrophy block, but I just want to put some volume in because it's not a bad thing to maintain muscle mass. Let's be honest; like that's not that's helpful for my for my head. It's helpful for my for my body. But it's just using those things, but not getting obsessed with one particular area. Thinking I'm now trying to do calisthenics hypertrophy so that I can be the biggest guy in calisthenics. Like it's, I, I hope that's kind of come across as some way of just challenging whether whether you find yourself going down a route of I'm really invested in this thing, and if you get enjoyment out of being really good at it, then I'm not trying to say that that's not a useful endeavor. But there's going to come a point where you're probably not enjoying it that much. And at what point do you kind of go, I'm just actually okay. And, yeah. I, and my, my final point, which is another rant that I could go on, but is around, I think generally in society and fitness, we're being told that we've got to be the best all the time. And that's what success looks like. And it's not okay to be content where actually I think content is where all of the happiness is. Can you be content? And that's actually where you're going to find true happiness in life without feeling and it doesn't mean you don't strive to be better in business and family life and whatever mm. but being content with the majority of what you're doing for me that's personally where i think is um is actually some real value in that because you're only ever not being content you're just constantly putting yourself under pressure
1: people yeah, some people no, hate that
0: but i'm going to put it out there no I think no it's
1: i well interestingly i could show you my notes that i made before we went on live well before we met up to do this and one of the things i'd written down essentially you got to that point of talking about being content um i wrote down and it sounds exactly where you're at is being content with being content if that makes sense um and i think that there's two other things in what you're saying around one of them is a rabbit hole of like labels like why do we want to try and label ourselves and then the other rabbit hole is um why do we, why are we trying to be the best um and it, like you said, it's not to say like being like being competitive is is good. Like it will make you go and do some stuff. Um, and then I, I know that the competitive nature that I have in me when used accordingly and in the right dosage is a positive thing. But it can go too far sometimes and sends you down a rabbit hole and then you're not actually being content. Because that idea of what you were saying like, and just described there as being, being content with being content is about you being happy with where you're at now, rather than that notion of going, oh, well, I'll be, when I can do, when I can do a muscle up, then I'll be happy. Well, you're not, when you're not, when you haven't created the ability for yourself to be happy right now, it's now midday on Thursday. Like, am I, can I be happy right now in this present moment? Because if I can't do that, anytime those things that we're trying to achieve in the future, when you get to there, they are then that present moment, but you haven't taught yourself or had the ability to be happy with where you're currently at. So that never actually comes. That sort of notion of like sounds a little cheesy like that, tomorrow never comes, but you're effectively teaching yourself to do that. Whereas we've got to Yeah, I think and this is where this has gone a bit like broader, hasn't it? Like outside of training. But it's where I think that the those of us that really love and enjoy training the the analogy or the context that training gives for us to go okay yeah no I get what you're saying with that and then right we can I can then now think about how does that actually broaden out and apply to the whole of my life so that ultimately right, that we said right at the beginning like that that we can be happy
0: yeah I think that that contentment with with where you're at with your training is is almost like that self actualization and if you go back to sort of Maslow's hierarchy of leads or where you have freedom. So I don't, I don't need to sort of like be, be chasing something, but I I just think for me, there's, there's things that I'm aware of now that will make me more content like now and in the future. So not being in pain makes me content, being able to move well, makes me content, having a basic level of strength makes me content, being able to go and climb a mountain or get a mountain bike and do okay. Like I'm not going to be as good as a, as somebody who's a, a proper fell runner or somebody who's done a lot of mountain biking, but I can get on the bike and I can go and do a decent shift. Um, I just think there's, and it's that it's that sort of thing. getting on a snowboard and not worrying about it, and being able to move. And I, I just think that that comes back to that generalist point of um, that within training that that's there's a value in there. But it's also then my that you've got to always think that if I want to be able to do all of those things, and I need to give some time to those things, or at least a training which makes me more equipped to go and sort of enjoy those those different activities or or endeavours or whatever it might be. But also I want to, what makes me content is, is being a dad and being a husband and having relationships with people. And all of that comes at a cost. If I, I mean, I don't know, I'm not going to quote anything, but how many marriages and relationships potentially broken down over training addiction or people haven't been at home to raise kids over endeavors around training? And again, if you're pushing for eliteness in, in something, then I'm not going to belittle that, but it's a question. Of going Because there is always an opportunity cost in the, in those things. And yeah, yeah I, I, I feel uncomfortable saying that because it makes it sound like I'm happy with mediocrity. And if any, anybody knows me, we'll, we'll know that that's not the case. like But I just think I'm, I'm reaching a point with where, what I've been through of just probably just questioning myself and going, what's really actually important? And that all the things I want to do now that I've just talked about, I also want to do when I'm 70. yeah Okay, I'm going to probably not be as good at them. I'm not going to be as strong, not going to be as fast. But it's, when I see people out there, like, properly having it, like, on bikes, running, being active, on skis, 70, 75, 80 years old, those are the people that I want to be like. I'm like, show me a role model. That's my role model. And they might I... be just Joe Public <laughs> been sat behind it like doing whatever they've done for their whole life but they've, they've got it right that's that's it because they're having a full meaningful life through being able to do the things they want to be able to do I, it's a horrible story but um people that i know and, and family that they, they travel's getting hard like they get into a, pe- a period of their life where they're hitting retirement age and they they should then be going out there to enjoy it. i mean how many of you sat there going when i retire i'm going to go out and i'm going to i'm going to probably go and enjoy my life Imagine getting to that point where your body is so broken that you can't sit on a plane for 10 hours and you can't carry suitcases and whatever it might be. And, and so many people, I don't think, think that that's going to be them, but, but yeah. you'll be surprised how many people yeah. end up in that situation.
1: Yeah, it's hard to think that far ahead when you feel young. I still feel like I'm 20. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? When you're 20, you feel like you're 15. And, but, it, yeah, but it's one of those things that it it happens you get you definitely get born you're definitely going to die and in between those two things you're definitely going to age that's like pretty much the only things we know that's going to happen and future proofing and protecting yourself uh was yeah definitely on the list i wanted to sit like wanted to say that just you made me like smile when you're talking about like just seeing an old dude or uh, uh, i love it when you see particularly if it's like a couple as well if me and Catherine ever see um Mrs. Jacko, if we ever see someone, either an old guy or an old girl lady or or two of them together, you just like, we just like sort of go like, yes. Yeah, like we when you see them, them just we like running along on yeah. the road, you're just like, yes, you're like just killing it. Like, um I don't it- know, just think like, that's so cool. There's a guy um, who runs
0: at a park sometimes where we walk the dog, and he's like, he's an old, he's an older guy, uh, must be in his seventies, and he's got, he's, he puts his football kit on still, like, and the and the and the shorts up, like t-shirt tucked in, and he's. It's, <laughs> I wish, um, but his stride length, let's, let's be fair to him. Is not, not probably what it was like. he's It's more of a shuffle than a, than a, a, a no, graceful that's, that's, coast. That's a tactic. That's a, that's a running tactic, mate. But he's getting out there and he's getting it done. And I see him on a regular basis. And I just think like you, that's, that's winning at life for me because it, yeah. it, I think so many of us are working so hard and putting ourselves through the mill during this middle portions of our lives. Let's say from, from 30 to 50, 55 Waiting for the day where we don't have to have quite as much stress in our plate, and then to be able to get to that, and then then just be like, yeah, I've got some cash in the bank, and I'm going skiing, or I've always wanted to go and do an expedition in the Himalayas, and I'm going to go and put a pack on my back, and I'm going to do it, and or I'm
1: going to do an adventure race at sixty five years old, like yeah. get after it, like brilliant. Yeah, but what and what you do now is going to like not potentially, is going to one hundred percent impact whether or not you can do those things or how enjoyable those things are i want to sort of like just finish off on that on that sort of train of thought around like what are what are some of those things um for us but did want to pick up because you've said something before which i think is great and it's actually very it's in in line with something that my dad has sort of said to me around that um just that bit of if someone's striving to be like the best like asking it like asking ourselves like why what is it what is it that you're trying to fulfill? What is it that you're missing in your life that you're thinking that when you're the best at this thing, you're that's going to then make you happy because, and it's, it sounds, I know you were being a bit, I don't want to sound like I'm discouraging that however. And it was the same thing. My dad sort of said to me when I was younger, um, that can sound not really encouraging, but it, and at the time I didn't really, I think it's only like now as I get older that I've understand what he was meaning. And it was this notion of like, no matter how good you think you get, like there isn't really ever the best, or you've said it before of like, you're, you might get to you, whatever you can back squat or whatever you can, whatever, basically whatever you can do, there's someone somewhere in the world that warms up on that. And she's only 45 kilos. <laughs> that's the, like, that's just the sort of reality of it, which I like in terms of like it can take away some of that, um that stress and that striving of like, oh, no, I've got to do this. It's like, but why, why do you have to like, and and maybe you will go and do that thing, but right now you need to just think about what is the, what's serving my body and mind the best so that like tomorrow is a better day. Um
0: Imagine a time when we didn't, when we used to exercise for the joy of exercising and didn't have to put it on social media and therefore didn't have to compare ourselves with everybody else that we follow who is also doing similar things to us and therefore, if they're better than us at it, making us feel bad. Like social media is that you can go on there and you can find people that are um, apparently or, or putting out content that will make you feel like they are fitter than you, stronger than you, cleverer than you, better at husbanding or wifing than you or, like, everything. And I I I think that is, if we are, because we are constantly surrounded by that information and stimulus, it, it can really take you off track on where you think you need to be and what your priorities potentially are or should be, or at least reflecting on them. Because... Comparison is a thief of joy. Like it's, and, and even if you see somebody who you think you're pretty strong, I mean, there would have been a point when you were the strongest or the biggest dude in the gym, right? And that's how the fitness industry started. People started asking the biggest dudes or or the fittest girls in the gym, "I said, what did you do?" And then the fitness industry or personal training kind of kicked on from there. But I think if you, like, if you didn't have that, if you were just kind of, yeah, I mean, I train by myself now. The only the only stimulus I get is what what I see on social media, which is what I then therefore choose to look at um i just think there's a it's an interesting thing of of going that you might see that person who is apparently that you, you see is like that 45 year old oh sorry 45 kilo chinese weightlifter who is squatting double what what you can squat <laughs> um but what's her background and history and story? Like what's what's, what's she grown up with? Like what she sacrificed to do that, that you actually think is more important than what you can back squat. So it's always relative based on, on what people, what your what your kind of priorities are and what your opportunity cost is versus what somebody else's is. And where, where I personally have got to within that is I just think a generalist approach of enjoying what you're doing and doing it because it's bringing you fulfillment um, with one eye on what that looks like now and in the future is where i've i personally found quite a lot of contentment and not feeling under a huge amount of pressure to be great at anything
1: yeah yeah and i think just like my sort of final thoughts really around like just this notion of i said before about like exploring my exploring exploring our body but also combining that with sort of exploring the world like i want to i want to do I want to do a challenge. I want to do a mar- I want to be able to do something where you know we we were in Cornwall on holiday a couple of weeks ago, and we sort of st- we were doing quite a bit of walking on the coastal path around there. Yada yada yada, a bit of jumping in the cold water and all that jazz. And Catherine um, looked up. There was there was this something called the Saint's Way, which went from like the north coast to the south coast, and it was apparently a marathon long. And we were like, I was like, ah. Oh. Can we, should we try, we basically, was, how should we try and do that? So we eventually did, and it turned out to be 30 miles long. It turned out to take us eight and a half hours of trying to run, but it was fairly difficult terrain and <laughs> fairly steep. It say so some running, some walking, uh, some stopping for snacks because I was absolutely dying. And I hadn't really earned the right to do that because I'd not, yes, I'd do some running, but I'd not done any like longer capacity work like that. Um and there was periods towards the end where it was pretty miserable. But I was really like glad to get there to see the sea on that south coast and jump in it was amazing. But um it did make it taught me a lot about my body of what like hurt at different points during that and it made me it just made me think of like one thing I want to be able to do is not be restricted to to not be able to do so. I mean that's quite an extreme example but I want to be able to like go and just do something that I want to like let's go and do that because that's cool like and that normally involves like being active being outside and like going and exploring and it just for me combines those two things of like exploring the world around us as well as exploring us ourselves and that's that for me is what I want to be able to do i think i just mentally find it crippling if i get to whatever age and i can't use my body and i can't go out and do stuff that, that would yeah that i'm probably scared enough of that that that's good that's good motivation for me to keep nourishing my body of what it needs in terms of movement and like you were saying in terms of pain free i've written something down on my I've got a little whiteboard that i've recorded some of my trainings and things bits and pieces on and the old saying of like no pain no gain I've just on there. One of the things written down is no pain, no pain. <laughs> it's <laughs> not no pain, no gain anymore. Which is, what that was the mentality when I played rugby, but no pain, no pain. That's the that's that's my new catchphrase for myself
0: but I think you make a good point with that though. And, and where it's kind of probably to wrap up where my thoughts are with this is that if you maintain a good level of generalism in that you are not in pain and you can move well, and you've got some basic strength and you can maintain a basic level of cardiovascular performance or ability, well, those are all the things that the system wants for just general health. Anyway, like that, that's just how you go to your brain and body doesn't need to be redlined all the time to be healthy. Like let's just put that in their sport and athletes, We look at them and we go, they must be super healthy. Sport's not actually that healthy. It can be pretty dysfunctional at times. That's a conversation for another day. But if you maintain that level of moving well without pain with basic strength and with a basic respiratory or cardiovascular fitness, well, if you just choose to go and specialise in something because you want to go and do a marathon or you want to do an obstacle course race or climb a mountain or whatever it might be, you have that basic underlying ability to be able to pivot and switch and then invest more training time in a specific outcome, if you don't have those things, like say, for example, in that example, Jacko, if you don't move well, if you are moving with pain and then you strap a backpack on, you, and you want to go and walk 30 miles, like your risk of injury goes through the roof because you're just not conditioned. You're conditioned for lifting up heavy weights and putting them down again. You're not conditioned <laughs> for these other things and and that's where you've got choice and it goes back to my point before about maso's hierarchy is well f- what is freedom well freedom is choice that you can choose to do what you want to do and, and i want mm-hmm. that choice and freedom with what my body is capable to do and and then do i need to go and do that marathon and beat everybody else in strava i'm not bothered like it just means nothing because there'll always be somebody who rocks up and goes i have a crack at that and take 20 minutes off your time like that's just the way of the world
1: or well, someone does it on their bike but but presses the it, <laughs> yeah. it that they did it working
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's not to be. It's like like you said. It's not about like don't be competitive. Don't let that fuel ambition. But just hold it in a in a in a fairly gentle
1: grip because it's it's not yeah. uh, it's not the it's that, not the promised land. Having it in balance, isn't that? That's what yeah. That's, and 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 I think one thing to say is just that it's all of this, and you've talked about the the context of all these things is is really important of people's backgrounds and this, that, that, but it's also like your own, we've talked about this on the podcast quite a few times, like understanding ourselves. Like, so you're in your context of your own personality, that balance of striving and that balance of competitive and that, whatever, that those balances are, are, are slightly different and unique to each of us. Depending, or I believe depending on how, what our what we're like, how we're, how we're made, what our makeup is. Um, so just having, the key is having it in balance we think or suggesting and just encourage you to think about think about that question fit for what why am i doing it and then ultimately to marry that up with what have you learned about yourself over the years and what is going to nourish you with your body and your mind to be able to keep enjoying that body and mind for as long as possible
0: yeah, I was, I was challenged my last point on this one by, by a friend of mine a friend of ours, actually a friend of the school, Hayley Ryan, <clears throat> I was chatting to her about some stuff, um, shout, and, out. shout out to Hayley. And, um, and she was like, ask, ask why five times, like why? And so why you you, what fit for what? Ask why you do what you're doing and then ask why. And then when you start doing that, it's quite challenging to get down to the point of actually let's, let's properly like reduce this down to what is the real reason that I do this. And then build it back up from there. Understand what it is that you are going to then, then going to go and do. So, little task maybe. Don't just do it once because you go. Like, why do you lift weights? I like being strong. All right, crack on. Let's go and lift some weights. <laughs> like,
1: why do you like being strong? I like that uh, it's like a, like a kid when they going like, why, why, why? Because at, yeah. at the end of that, you always just get just because.
0: i because <laughs> <laughs> to at the moment, but he says it in a really <laughs> annoying voice. Like, why over and over? Like, okay, I I I just. Confusing with science. <laughs> <laughs> Shazam! You're
1: showing something shiny.
0: <laughs> right, let's wrap it up. When we started this yeah. one, I was like, "To Jacko like, I'm not sure where we're going to. This one could be 20 minutes, half an hour. As and Jackos, don't worry, we'll always waffle on, and we've done that. It's 45 <laughs> minutes long. So there you go. There's fit for what in 45 minutes.
1: And I guess it's one of these ones where we really, genuinely would love to hear other people's perspectives, other people's perp- opinions on this. um so do get in touch. Um, share anything on Instagram. Message us on. I would um, love to see on that, Jack. I would love there. to see
0: some photos wherever you listen to the podcast, it's on your phone, your car, whatever. Take a photo and then write "fit for what" and then put your put what you fit for training for underneath yeah. that and post it for us and tag us in social so we can see. it. I'd love to see some people's um, thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, what is that? And then also, if you if you th- if you've got a friend or someone that you think actually they would they would really benefit from asking this question for themselves. Uh, send them, send them the send them the podcast, and uh, tell them to give it a listen to. Uh, and if you are a fan of the ScorecastX podcast and enjoy listening, we would love you to give us a review on I say iTunes, but apparently most people listen to it on Spotify. There's a little survey I did this week, but so wherever you listen to the podcast, we'd love a uh, and would really appreciate. a a review as well and Tim loves the five stars so please all the stars
0: there's only five in my book (laughs) in anything related to the school of Calisthenics, when it comes to me on Amazon I'm happy to give a one but no pick five
1: they're the best ones right signing off yeah until next time team me up class dismissed